Hello and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. And I'm Lisa Nicosa. And today we are talking about how humility helps you get ahead. Now, Lisa, when I think about this topic, I'm reminded of a colleague I once worked with who retired recently from his uh, profession. He was a coach, he was a teacher, and he said that learning starts with humility. Okay, so Alfie Paoletti, if you're out there listening, that one's for you, but that is kind of a starting point for us. What comes to mind for you when humility is talked about? I think that humility really is the basis for learning. I love that quote. Um, when you think about learning and when you think about humility, humility is kind of that knowing that you don't know everything. Mm-hmm. It's accepting that you are not the the master of the universe and you still have a lot to learn. So I think that that's a really great quote. Yeah, no, for sure. He was a guy that kind of kept a lot of people humble in some pretty direct ways sometimes. But if we were to apply that to our own lives, I think a question that we can ask is, like, are you, am I as good today as I'm ever going to be in my lifetime? And I think as long as that answer is is no, then we can always move forward with humility. We can always learn and we can always grow. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that applies not only in our careers, but also in a lot of areas of our lives as well. Yeah, totally. Let's unpack this a little bit more. What makes humility important for somebody who is building their career? There's a lot of different reasons why that's important. And I know that you have some ideas around that as well. So from my perspective, I mean, if you think about just what the word humble means, uh, I looked it up in the Merriam-Webster dictionary, and it means not proud, not arrogant, modest without an excess of pride. Hmm. So when you think about that, it's like, you're going in and if you have a genuine curiosity in what it is that you're about to do, that's being humble. Whereas if you go in and you feel like you already know everything and you're just starting out in your career, a lot of times that'll rub people the wrong way. Yep. Absolutely. When it comes to my own career, I know that there have been sort of peaks and valleys. If you were to kind of map out my humility curve, if you want to call it that throughout my career timeline, moments where I felt like I was super ready, super confident, translate that to overconfident (laughs) for whatever my job was requiring me to do. And it's funny how many times you tank when you get into those situations and you lose your humility and you stop growing and you fall flat on your face and you wonder why. And a lot of it comes down to the fact that you've lost that sort of humble edge that comes from always realizing you can get better. Yeah. And it makes me think too of confidence versus arrogance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Confidence, I think, can be quiet or loud. And I think that arrogance is the overconfidence where you decide that you know everything and and you're not going to need to listen to anybody else's opinions or take in anything around you because you already, you've got this. Yeah, you've you've got this in in whatever way kind of makes sense to not sort of push people over an edge, which is what arrogance I think does. I don't know. I'm trying to think if I know some people who are, are arrogant in really, really quiet ways. I feel like that, that sometimes I'm sure it's possible, but that quiet confidence is always just so, so recognizable in somebody when they have it. 
For sure. And if you think about a lot of leaders that you might know are people, even celebrities or you know, people who have really reached that peak in their career, a lot of the time they're not out there promoting themselves overtly. They're promoting how they help people, mm-hmm. but they're not pitching their accomplishments. It tends to be other people who are then able to talk about them and, and talk about their greatness instead of it coming from the person. So they have that quiet confidence to know that they're able to make a difference in the world without needing to say, look at how good I am. Yeah. I think to just sort of add one last thing to that, that whole confidence tangent is just to say that the, what I've noticed is the people who talk the most about their past accomplishments or what they are doing right now, those actually tend to be the least confident people that I know. It's true, but it's funny because people can actually take that as real confidence. So Mm -hmm. if you're comparing yourself to somebody who's always talking about how good they are, you can actually feel inferior. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's worth it to just be able to recognize when that's happening and be able to tune down the volume a little bit on, you know, that voice that other people might be presenting because for you, you might be doing just fine. You don't have to necessarily broadcast it. Absolutely. Cool. Okay. So let's get back to humility as a central theme here. For me, what I see a lot of the time with humility in terms of how it helps people professionally is it one, it can create new connections for people, mm-hmm. right? So it's easier to meet somebody who isn't arrogant, who is just sort of that degree of confidence that's not pushy, that is open-minded, that's easy to talk to. When you show up with those kinds of qualities, you make yourself a really easy person to meet. And we know that networking leads to value adds in different areas of our lives. It can lead to an opportunity for a job down the road. It could lead to some sort of uh, deal being closed. There's a lot of different benefits to meeting people, but the better you are at it, the more likely you are to have to find success, however you define it in your career. So I think humility can show up in a big way there in the long run as you meet people. It's funny about leadership today. A lot of people want to kind of go after like a big charismatic personality sometimes for leadership positions. And that's, that's fine. I'm not going to throw judgment at that right now, but the people who are able to just sort of go about high performance in a really quietly humble way, their edge comes from the fact that they're able to build trust in the people around them so that mm-hmm. when they get new opportunities to be leaders, they have all they already have the trust of the people around them who believe that they will remain the same person in their new leadership capacity. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I've observed very recently, actually. So there's at least two major areas there. Anything that you want to add to that list? Yeah, when I, I think about the actual performance, it also it, it opens you up to new experiences when mm-hmm. you're feeling humble. It goes back to a couple of things that we've talked about over the episodes about being that yes person. So Mm -hmm. if somebody asks you to do something, you're open to whatever that experience looks like. And every experience that you have then opens you up to new skills, new interactions, and you might learn something that will really benefit you longer term. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Being able to not judge quickly on something remaining slow to judge, remaining humble to what that opportunity might teach you, I think can be a huge benefit. 
it's almost like not judging the book by its cover too. Yeah. Not not assuming that you know what's coming, but really just again going in with that curiosity. Totally. Yeah. When it comes to something like finding help or finding mentorship as well, the people that I have learned the most from my mentors throughout my career, my peak experiences with them have always been sort of in the context of high humility, right? To, to go out and say to somebody, will you guide me in such and such a pursuit? That is like an ultimate declaration of humility to me. Okay. Cause you go out and you just sort of surrender yourself to somebody else who will then, whom you trust and will then take you, you know, on a journey that moves you forward faster than you would have gone on your own. How do you think that has impacted your career? Uh, I think that at the peak moments of humility in my life, when I've learned the most from my mentors and I've been in situations where I've been growing really quickly those periods are almost always followed by a new opportunity. Mm. Yeah. I think back to a time in university when I connected for a year with a really strong mentor of mine, got my first leadership uh, role right after that was done as an opportunity. A couple of years later, got another one in a really cool high-performing organization. Ultimately, I got into that high-performing organization, kind of lost a little bit of that humble edge, got knocked down a few pegs as a result, and then work my way back up to a higher level of performance than what I had before. Again, just thanks to humility in the end. Great. Yeah. Very yeah. Cool. How about you? Yeah, very similar, actually. I think that the times that I've been able to stay humble and really go in and, and put my head down and do the work that I needed to do and put myself out there have been the times of highest growth and highest success as well. Uh, it also kind of comes back to service in a way too, because when I feel humble, I'm willing to serve others. Mm -hmm. And when you're willing to serve others, it tends to, the impacts that you're having and success that you're experiencing tends to come back twofold. Yeah, there's an element of reciprocity there, right? Mm -hmm. There's a line that I read recently that said something along the lines of, if you serve others, you help both. You and whom you're serving. And I'm like butchering that a little bit, but I think that's, that's the root there in terms of if you've never really understood why being in service towards other people is so valuable, it can be extremely beneficial to you, not just the other side of the, uh, the equation. Absolutely. And I think that that's been kind of an underlying theme in most of the episodes we've done too, mm -hmm. is just around how, how can you serve others and how does that serving others really help you to, to advance and succeed? Yeah. So there you go, dear listener. If you have not picked that up now after 14 episodes, hopefully we're finally getting that point across. <laughs> Why do you think we see such large lack of humility in the world today? Or do we? That's a good question. That is a good question. Maybe I shouldn't assume that. Yeah, it's, I think that it appears that way. Mm -hmm. I think that with social media and the age of putting everything online and constantly showing what it is that you're doing or working on, there is definitely a shift in the way that we look at what we're doing. Yeah. I don't think that there's necessarily less. I think it's just that the way that we 
get our message across to people is different. But I think that people also can recognize the differences. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend recently about coaches and the coaching mm -hmm. industry in general. And there's two very different ways that people approach coaching. So on the one hand, there are the coaches who really focus on serving others. And you had actually mentioned this and I picked up the book, uh, story brand. I'm blanking on the name of it right now. Yeah. Building a story brand by Donald Miller. Building a story brand. Yes, Amazing exactly. Book. Amazing book. So it's really focused on again, serving others and focusing your message on how you can help people and how you can serve those people. Whereas I think that some people in the coaching industry, and this is not to say that anything is right or wrong, but they tend to focus on their achievements, their accomplishments, how much money they're making to, to showcase their authority. Sure. Exactly. I would, I would relate that to any industry though. I think that that's true of a lot of different industries. And if people resonate with the achievement side of things, then they should go with somebody who projects that on their, their page. Whereas sure. if somebody is looking for the service side and they connect with somebody who's a little bit more on the humility side, mm -hmm. then I think that they should choose somebody more like that. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. You're going to be attracted to people like, like will attract like to some extent. It doesn't always, but it often does. And the story brand, um, sort of the main theme around that, if, if we just spend a moment on that, I think it'd be really interesting because it's really about coming from a place of humility. The idea around the story brand is basically to position yourself. If you're building a business, I would say though that it would apply if you are in a in a corporate setting, if you're building out your career through the employment world, you position yourself as a guide that mm -hmm. helps solve the problems of the hero. And the hero is your client, the hero is your employer if you're an employee, and the way you come at that is from a, a place of service. You help the hero overcome their problems that they inherently face the hurdle that's keeping them from getting to where they want to go. And, and your value as the guide is helping them get through that. You give them a plan and you rally them. You kind of, you call them to action as Donald Miller calls it. And that either helps them avoid failure and, or leads to a success or both. Mm -hmm. But that whole methodology of communicating your message comes Yes, there's a degree of having some authority established, but even in the story brand context, that comes from having other people speak for you. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I love about that, that whole model. I mean, am, among many other things, but if you apply that to whatever you're, however you're trying to build your career, positioning yourself as the humble guide turns you into a winner at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that people get to choose whether they want to be the humble guide or the more outwardly achievement oriented person. Yeah. 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 If you, you can put yourself in the position of being the hero, but you might find yourself kind of alone. Yeah. Possibly. But yeah, there's many ways of being that guide. Another topic for me that's kind of come up as of late that I think humility plays really well into is something that I got from a Seth Godin book that I read uh, pretty quickly over the, the recent weeks. It's about a hundred pages long and I'm a slow reader. 
had a little bit of extra time and got it done in a day, which I'm super proud of. So if, if I can do that, you, dear listener, can definitely read this book in no time. The book's called The Dip, just those two words, six letters, and it's about, as he puts it, quitting. And what it really means when you boil it down is there is a natural trajectory in a lot of pursuits in life where the initial effort that you put into getting results, whether it's in a new job or it's in a new company or it's in a new vertical, there is a fairly proportional level of results that come out of a certain level of effort. And then eventually there is a dip. There's a drop where all of a sudden things are hard or they're not working or you pitched a new product and nobody bought it. That's the dip. And on the other side of the dip, there is a huge spike to the very top right-hand side of this graph where there's high effort that also leads to high results, world-class level results. He calls it being the best in the world. And the dip is so important because it's natural for a lot of us who want to be the best at whatever we're doing or to be really strong performers to anticipate that dip, to know that it happens. Because if it's not happening, you're usually on either a dead end road or you're about to, as he puts it, you're about to go off a cliff, right? You're about to hit absolute failure without actually seeing any, any increase in your results whatsoever. You want to avoid those situations. You want to be able to anticipate the dip, understand that it's there, and then apply all of that extra effort that's needed, put in the resources to get you through to the other side where really all of the rewards lie on the other side of the dip. Takes humility that. though. Yeah. 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 Amazing concept. So how do you think humility applies in that scenario? Tell me more about that. Yeah. So one is in knowing that it's coming. I think just not, if you assume that you're never going to hit a dip in your progress, I think that's pretty arrogant. Yeah. So that's, that's a starting point. Then once you get into the dip, you can, you can do one of two things, Seth says. So you can either rededicate yourself pour more effort into what you're doing. Okay. And that might require you to continue to have low degrees of results with increased effort for a time. So that, you know, you're going to be taking some lumps there. That's that requires humility. Uh, and then ultimately to push through it to actually get through to the other side. Cause the other thing that you can do is just quit and quitting is fine. If you feel like you're not going to put in what's necessary to get you through the dip. Okay. But if you are somebody who constantly hits these dips and quits and never gets to the other side, that's going to be the story of your life. Mm -hmm. So humility is huge in terms of actually finding the success as you define it and what you're doing to get through. Otherwise, yeah, you're just basically running yourself in circles for the rest of your life. For sure. And it can be really tough. I know that a lot of my clients are dealing with that when yeah. they're starting a new job, going through a new transition, because it feels very, very hard at the beginning. It, 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 I saw another quote that said, uh, sometimes the beginning feels like breaking. Totally. And it's if you keep in mind that you're not, that it, there is this common trajectory that we all take to go in order to get to success, that can really help us to get through those tough times. Absolutely. It's there. And anyone can go check out this book. If you just type in Seth Godin, the dip, I mean, the guy dominates Google, you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll find his book quite easily. Um, but yeah, humility think, plays a huge role there. 
Yeah. And I think that that can apply. I know we talk a lot about careers, but I think that that yep. can apply in all areas of our lives too. I mean, if you think about relationships, relationships aren't often a straight line in terms of effort, reward, comfort, com comfortability. <laughs> yeah. Being, being comfortable, feeling comfortable. Feeling I think comfortable. I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> And then also in our personal lives, I mean, from a personal perspective, I started a new exercise routine recently and the first, it's kickboxing and the first session that I went into, like it's, it's uncomfortable and it's awkward <laughs> yeah. and I feel like I'm flailing more than actually doing anything. <laughs> Swimming in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, but I know that if I keep up with it and keep going and push through the soreness and all that stuff that comes with it, that yeah. there's a lot of rewards on the other side of that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great, great uh, analogy you've brought out. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that if they're physically active at all. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we need humility to really go through these dips that naturally occur in our lives. And you're right. And Seth talks about that in the book about how it, the dip is a pattern that occurs in more, far more than just work and our careers. It totally, totally shows up in our relationships. It shows up in how we run our personal lives. And it's something that you know, at the end of the day, for us, the common theme, it goes back to being humble through that, that process of going through the dip. Yeah. There's a, a principal, the coaching school that we went to, mm -hmm. which is IPAC, and it's um, Bruce Schneider who created these principles. And it's that self-mastery occurs when the ego is transcended. Yeah. So let's, I, Bruce is like this, this super, almost mythical figure in the IPEC community. And he comes out with lines like this all the time. Let's help. Let's just unpack that for one second, because there's a lot of wisdom in that. For sure. So the first piece of it is self mastery. So self mastery is really different to, to every person, but what it means is really being able to master the self. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what we're, a lot of us are working towards in some or all areas of our lives is being able to master whatever it is that's put in front of us. So the next portion of that is when the ego is transcended. So the ego is that idea of arrogance. It's that portion of ourselves that wants the recognition that wants to know that we're doing the best, that we are the best, that we, we can be the best. Yeah. It's sort of that insecure part of us, right? Exactly. So when we can transcend that, when we can get past that and move around that, that's when we'll really find that ability to master anything that life throws at us. Yeah, that makes total sense to me for sure. So how, when you hear that, how does that resonate with you? Sure. I think one of the ways that uh, I can tell you a really relevant story. I mean, I was interviewed on a podcast just yesterday and I remember waking up in the morning feeling like, you know, I had to be all set with my presentation and make sure that I was really on my game and I was going to be, you know, interrogated for two hours and I really had to put on a great show. And at the end of the day, uh, I let go of that, that insecure desire that I woke up with it took a little while, but we got into a great conversation in that podcast episode and it really just became something where it was like, oh, I'm no longer thinking about about what I'm doing. I'm just being myself. And ultimately the 
the episode just got more and more lively. It got more and more dynamic. The ideas just started to flow a lot more easily for me and into our conversation. So letting go of the identity that I wanted to have and just sort of naturally becoming it without thinking about it is one way that I was able to kind of apply that thinking to something really recent in my life. I love that. Yeah. There's yeah. A, a portion of presence in there as well, being able to not worry so much about the outcome, but really just be present in the moment. Yep. Totally. Awesome. And we look back on it now and we're like, Oh, what a great episode. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. At least I think so. Very cool. I think one of the other things that kind of comes to me when it, when we think about humility is just without it, I'm not sure you can really be that resilient. And it kind of goes back a little bit to the dip, but like when we're, when we're faced with something that has really hit us suddenly in the face, like a, a severe life event, I think remaining humble to what, as to what is to come in your life saying like, what can I do right now to move forward from this? I think there can be sort of an element of the growth mindset that's in play there. If I feel like there's a big setback, it's like, I just haven't quite accomplished this yet. Right. Mm -hmm. It's that magic word from Carol Dweck is the, the word yet. I'm not there yet. I haven't quite closed the deal yet. I haven't been promoted, haven't been promoted yet. Yeah. And I think that that, that to me is like another statement of humility that helps you kind of stay in the game when the game gets tough. For sure. And it also keeps you out of that victim mindset yeah. where you're saying, you know, why is this happening to me? Which is really focusing on the problem and not helping you get anywhere near the solution. No, not at all. Not at all. Do you have any other ideas as to how people can kind of improve their degree of humility if that's something they struggle with from time to time? One thing is really looking at those around you as partners hmm. instead of feeling like you're competing with people. Sure. The more opportunity that you can see with the people around you and, you know, going into it, looking for a win-win as opposed to I win, you lose. Yeah. It can help you keep on the same path. And this, we had talked a little bit about this with Rochelle Moulton mm -hmm. in our past episode about thinking about what the other person is needing, thinking about what the other person wants, uh, what their problems are. And when you do that, you, you really do partner with the person. And so even if that person is, doesn't necessarily show the same to you, if you go in with the mindset of we're in this together and we're, we're moving towards the same goal, then it can really help you to be more humble as you're working towards uh, specific action steps. Yeah. Yeah. And finding that goal that you're working towards mutually, that comes from not assuming, right? You're, yeah. Which is another form of being humble. If you ask the curious questions that really get to the, the full understanding of how the other person feels, that's what you can unite yourselves around and then direct your efforts toward. Yeah, exactly. And cohesive teams get a lot more done than teams that are divided. Absolutely. Yeah. It's sort of like, instead of pulling the rope, like imagine a tug of war where all the hands are like pulling the rope in opposing directions toward your side. Like it's not actually going towards your side of the floor. If you actually have all the hands pulling the rope in the same direction, that's when you actually get it to move where you want it to go. Yeah, definitely. Anything else that comes up for you on the humility front? I know we've kind of attacked it from a lot of different angles. Yeah, I think this has been a really great 
discussion a little bit philosophical, a little yep. bit practical, a little bit tactical. Yeah, no, I, I for sure this is definitely one of those things that you can apply into a lot of different areas. And I know I know we're called the Career Builders Podcast, but at the end of the day, a career is part of your life. And certain things that we're going to talk about on this show will definitely spill over into other areas. So that's cool. I think we can leave it on that then. Yeah, sounds great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week. It was a pleasure to have you on the Career Builders podcast. We hope you join us again soon. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Kosek. You have a great rest of your week. Bye.